Service performed with gratitude is a direct expression of unconditional love. This is episode 66. Bought to you by all the five universal laws of nature. There are two types of people in the world according to Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones, energy suckers and energy givers. An energy sucker does service, which in this case we are going to call being a parent and going to work, with some level of resentment and therefore living in the world of wannabe. The energy giver is living in the same world however they perform their service which is being a partner, parent and work, with gratitude. The latter, is an energy giver because people gain energy from being in their presence and the energy sucker, the former, makes people feel exhausted from being around them. If you were to summarize the entire body of books written about spirituality in the East you would find that this topic is at the center core of it all. There are many languages and many cultural differences in how this language is portrayed in metaphors, such as Zen, Buddhism, Hinduism and Darwinism but they are all saying the same thing exactly at the route, just as Keith Richards summarized, there are energy suckers and energy givers in the world, and we get to choose which one we are. Of course, this bipolar definition of human condition makes life very simple. However, from time to time we are both. And today I would like to describe what it looks like to be one or the other so that you can get a really clear idea of what you are working towards when you study inner wealth. You will also get a clear indication of the red flags that will be shown to you by nature, when you are becoming something you choose not to be. But before we dive into this wonderful exploration of the power of human nature I would like to make sure that we are balanced in our viewpoint. There are benefits, both to the giver and the taker of being an energy sucker. Energy suckers get what they want. They are the most pernicious of people and can belittle people to make sure they remain plugged into the power point of that individual. It is not uncommon to see a very powerful person cohabiting with an energy sucker who by emotional drama and complaint, coldest ingratitude, keeps them safely under control so they can feed off their energy. When things start to go right in a business or a home, the energy sucker feels like they might be ignored, and start to feel emotionally naked and exhausted, and consciously taps into the energy giver to draw them back into control. I would say this is the most common form of marriage and very often a form of peer relation in business. And so the energy sucker is teaching the energy giver to be and respect the gift they have been born with, and the energy giver will only sacrifice that energy to an energy sucker if they don't respect the gift have been given. So there is a beautiful dance going on when somebody in a relation of any description sucks energy from another person and the other person willingly surrenders it. There is also a disadvantage to being an energy giver. The continued demand of energy of the soul of an energy giver requires this individual to be incredibly focused on maintaining and sustaining that energy that is being sucked. This is not a place of gravity, nor is it organic. When an energy giver forgets that this is their mantra in life, to give with gratitude and give with absolute unconditional love, the energy giver will become exhausted, frustrated and disappointed in the paradox they have engaged in. In more simple language this means that an energy giver and energy taker are very often in a relationship of convenience to both. The energy sucker will complain that things aren't exactly the way they demand, and the energy giver will try to conserve energy by capitulating to the demands of the energy sucker. This eventually explodes because energy sucking is leading an individual into the deepest well of darkness and their dependency on another person for energy and permission to be demanding, call this ungrateful, will eventually backfire when the energy giver becomes either exhausted or, as nature intended, wakes up to the gift of the juice and the energy and what is called prana, of their life. So the rest of this article is written to those of us who are energy givers. For those who are energy suckers and are committed to remaining demanding on other people, pushing their peers or subordinates or children to meet their demands, there is plenty of time in other blogs that I will write about becoming grateful, flexible, grateful, adaptable, grateful, less emotional, more loving, less hating. But that is all for another day. 
As an energy-giving human being you must take accountability for the gift that nature has blessed you with. This abundance of energy is incredible. You will know yourself as you listen or read this article. You have always been enthusiastic to build. You have always been enthusiastic to love. You've always been enthusiastic to help others. You have always been enthusiastic to fall down and get up, fall down 9 get up 10. And so somewhere built into your gift is this unstoppable, unfuckwithable, power that you will and have forgotten from time to time and become exhausted. There are four aspects of the life of an energy giver and this is what we are going to use for the rest of this article in order to give some order to the chaos. As we have said in the previous article disorganized chaos is a disaster organized chaos is life. Organized chaos allows the energy giver to function with gratitude. Disorganized chaos is the life of the energy sucker. The four components of the life of an energy giver are 1. Build and replenish that energy daily. Gratitude for what is available. 2. Store and value that energy. Gratitude for what you've got. 3. Prevent the loss of that energy. Gratitude for what you've got. 4. Direct that energy. Gratitude for what you can do with it. 1. Build and replenish that energy daily. Gratitude for what is available. Let's begin with the simplest of simple process for building and replenishing the energy of an energy giver. The first and most important thing is gratitude for the gift of having this energy and not being greedy or afraid of giving it. The metaphor of Jesus sharing the fish and the bread is the great one. Do not be afraid. Give it and give it with all your power and all your might to as many people as you can find available to it. Never underestimate its gift and its power just your personal presence in a meeting or in a home is building a magnificent energy. Gratitude for what you've got and gratitude for what you're giving the world is the most powerful way to replenish energy you distribute. It is a perpetual motion recycling machine that has infinite attachment to the abundance of energy available on this earth. If this step is missed or else that follows in this conversation is a complete waste of time. Tapping into the resources that are given to you free of charge is the second and most primary example of the opportunity for an energy giver to be so abundant with energy that they are bursting at the seams. This too is a problem because unless you know how to store that energy you will blurt it out in frustration and anger at the things that you're trying to share your energy with. But you must learn that nobody can love another person more than they love themselves, nobody can love another person more than the other person is willing to love themselves so there is no use sharing buckets of love like throwing water over a cat and wondering why the other person does not respond positively. So conserving the energy by respecting it and not throwing it over deaf ears is the most respectful step. And so this leads us to the ability to tap into the energy refueling system for those who are energy givers and this energy refueling system is called, nature. The sun is the root source of our energy. Without the sun this earth would be black. It would have no energy if there were no sun. Therefore, everything you eat, everything you breathe, everything you see touch feel through your senses becomes a power plug that you can plug into to rebuild and rejuvenate your energy as you give it. This energy source is absolutely free. But most people are running to the ice cream shop or running to the alcohol shop trying to rebuild their energy. And they run right past a tree or a branch or a flower they run right past oxygen they run right past the fresh air that is given to us they run part right past the sun they run right past the beautiful oxygenated water that is given to us free. Until such time as an energy giver starts to value the freedom to tap into the greatest resource of energy available to humankind then it is a waste of time emulating the energy sucker who has no energy to give and sucks it out of what we call substitutes. I do not have to sit here and type away or dictate away the rules of energy engagement with nature. Breathe deep, chew well, choose foods that are primal, not meat, not processed foods, not things that have been cooked and burnt to a shred of their former reality, choose things that have grown in the sun and not underground. 
choose things that are things before they're eaten and reprocessed in the form of animal. You are far better off to eat grass than to eat the cow that ate the grass. Get outdoors. How many times have you heard me say this that the immersion in the environment of a tree or a forest or a beach is absolutely, as long as the individual is conscious awareness of the beauty they are surrounded by, the absolute refueling station of life. And to the energy sucker yes you may run around in nature, you may swim in the water, you may drink of the fountain of life but because you are always ungrateful and therefore always worried about something, the energy will pass you by. To the energy giver you must become conscious of the moments in time where you refuel. Refueling means being outdoors in nature witnessing the beauty of a tree or a flower or the oxygen or the grass underneath your bare feet. This is not called sport, it is not called training, it is not called taking the dog for a walk, this is about you being out in nature and absorbing the energy of the sun. And of course without any shadow of doubt the greatest source of energy is the sun itself. But consuming that energy doesn't always have to be burning your skin to a cinder and getting cancer. It can be a grapefruit or an orange or an apple or something that has been exposed and grown through the energy that it's absorbed from the sun itself. Plankton is another great source of energy fuel for us and there are products such as spirulina and greens which are dedicated to the art of harvesting the most pure form of nature's energy and allowing it to remain somewhat fresh on its way to your stomach. To the energy sucker I'd simply write to you and say that the world of commercial energy products has an abundance of quick fixes for the times when you cannot suck the energy from another person and would prefer to boost your own through substitute. Remembering those substitutes just in case you forgot are, stomach, greed, sexuality, spirituality. To the energy giver who is using food as a source of abundance of life force, there is no harm and there is no rule against any particular food product. We know that nightshades are acidic and therefore can make the body inflamed which is one of the causes of lost energy. So in order to prevent that inflammation sometimes it's wise to rule nightshades off the menu. For those of you unfamiliar with the language, nightshades are those plants that grow at night, these include potatoes, eggplant, tobacco, tomatoes and a bunch of other things that you can google on the internet, which is never wrong. Cough cough. There are many synthetic products made to cause the rejuvenation of muscle and energy. As an example when I go bike riding or use an energy gel. The synthetic products are not rejuvenating the energy we are speaking about here. They are the sugars that can stimulate performance in the body. Without those sugars the body starts to draw down on energy reserves that we do not want to sacrifice unless we are winning the Olympic gold. If you're going out training in the morning it is wise to feel your body well so that the training does not deplete but rather improves your energy reserves. This is how an energy giver starts the day. Not by burning petrol that is critical to their giving throughout the day but by doing whatever it takes to build that life force so it can come to work and to family in an active service with gratitude. Grumpy people die very young. So take it from a person who grew up with a grumpy person it is really exhausting for them. To wake up in the morning grumpy is a really really bad start to any day of service to the world. So if you are an energy giver and you waking up grumpy, go to the website and find out how to prepare for sleep and how to wake up in the morning with soft talk that builds and values the energy you've been blessed with. This energy does not come from going to the gym or doing a run. The purpose of those is very different they stimulate chemicals in the body that feel like energy but they are not. The purpose of the gym in fact should be to increase the metabolism to a point where it can break down foods and resources that build the power of life force in the body. When the gym or training goes overboard and starts to become a legend unto itself then it is simply the life of an energy sucker sucking the life force from their own body as they do from others. Finally on this first of the four elements of being an energy giver and managing this gift, there is the topic of lethargy. For the energy sucker sitting around watching TV or moping around the house at a slow pace or working at work with minimal contribution is the norm. 
and you will notice these people becoming overweight or tired or lethargic even after they've spent most of the day being overweight and tired and lethargic with enough body fat to run for triathlons but they haven't got the energy to wash the dishes. If there is ever witnessing you need to see an energy sucker in action just observe their obsession with doing very little. They tried to palm chores off to others and get resentful of the work they do around the house that there's not enough gratitude for it. That has to be the biggest energy sucking process you can imagine. An energy giver has lots of energy and can do all of the chores that they ask others to do probably twice as fast and twice as well. 2. Store and value that energy. Gratitude for what you've got. To store energy is both a physical and mental exercise of beauty. If you are at work and you are rattling around like a broken train, confused and disrupted by everything, interrupted by anything, worried about everything, trying to fix all the problems at once, you will end up at the end of the day knackered. A naked person comes home and wants to suck the energy out of everybody in order to replenish themselves. And many energy givers don't know how to hold and store their energy. The greatest mechanism for holding and storing your energy is self-belief. When we panic and think that we have to run around fixing everything is because we feel insecure. That fear, that insecurity, that sense of doom and gloom is one of the most pernicious and spiteful energy-sucking mechanisms available. And so although we are aware that other people can cause us to lose energy with their negativity and anxiety and demand full compliance, we too can be the same enemy to ourselves. Self-belief is a powerful powerful mechanism of energy storage. When you do your vision quest with inner wealth the purpose of this is to raise the context on which you see life, to know that there is a long term a bigger goal a greater aim a purpose to live bigger than the panic attacks and solving the problems of the energy suckers of the war. It takes a very long time for this to get better then because as soon as you develop a vision or a purpose greater than the purpose and vision of an energy sucker they will become the expression of your own doubting voice. And so the process of developing this self-belief is called the manifestation formula. When you believe you are building something greater than the world of an energy-sucking environment then you will conserve the energy rather than waste it. You won't throw pearls before swine. It's a horrible quote but it's absolutely true. Storing energy is the most powerful and simple process. All you have to do is be grateful for what you've got and grateful for what you can have. When you start trying to fix problems that you cannot fix that is basically saying you are unworthy of the energy of the universe and therefore you want to drain it down the toilet. But we are going to talk about energy loss in a minute. Storing energy also includes the process of being able to see balance, remain centered and calm. Balance centered and calm other three head spaces, body spaces, life spaces environmental spaces that help you store energy for use where you choose to direct it and prevent the loss through the sucking of the energy sucking flotilla. I want to tell you a short story in this very long blog. I was invited to attend a presentation by a Native American Indian chief. He arrived at the presentation completely dressed in his headdress and traditional uniform. A more powerful man I have never experienced in my life. Arms folded and with a glaze in his eyes that could light a fire he began to tell a story that to this day has embedded itself in my otherwise skeptical collection of knowledge. This man claimed that as some period before the Second World War a rocket ship landed from out of space somewhere in the Hopi Desert Reservation. In this rocket ship there were out of space people. The Hopi people connected with these space travelers and the American government made a contract that they would be allowed to stay on Earth provided that they gave technology to America. That technology was the nuclear bomb and other things that we are benefiting from today. He claimed that the people from out of space were allowed to take the shape of humans. And they became what is called in Hopi language the Grey. The Grey are people I have defined here as energy suckers. But they can be identified physically as well. In this chief went on to describe how you can recognize the Grey people from the blue. This mythical and amazing story may have some truth at its route. 
I'm not sure if I'm willing to buy into the spaceship thing but I am certainly willing to accept that there are two tribes of people on this planet the energy suckers who are mostly in control, and the energy givers who are the original powerful humanity. More and more energy suckers are being rewarded for their greed. And more and more energy givers are being sacrificed because they don't appreciate their gift. True or false? Who cares what is true is that amongst us there are energy givers and energy taker. Also it's important at this stage to say that energy giver or an energy taker is a choice. 3. Prevent the loss of that energy. Gratitude for what you've got. The core idiosyncrasy of an energy giver is the day have come to a resolution with themselves. The energy taker is always trying to fix themselves or something around them. If you aren't perfect already you never will be. If you keep trying to fix things that aren't broken you are going to become a very old person very quickly. The first law of Alcoholics Anonymous is stop trying to fix what you can't change. Why would this be so important? Because if you spend your energy, waste your energy, throw your energy away trying to fix things that aren't broken then you are going to spend a vast amount of the gift you have been given banging your head against a brick wall which in the long term will only serve to damage your head. The largest form of energy loss in a human being is worry and its favorite mate, emotion. Emotion, energy and motion, drives people insane. And yet emotion causes nothing. Emotion is life spinning around and around in our head when we think we are making progress when all we've done is spin. Emotion is an essential part of living because it causes story full story. Without story we don't have community, family, propagation of the species, development, growth business or any commercial enterprise. Story is key to life. Story comes from emotion. And so we have this dichotomy where we can't live with it and we can't live without it. So it is therefore important to understand the benefit of emotion as described above, but it's also important to understand its negative. The negative of emotion is a life lived in our head. Is therefore not so much that emotion is the devil or there is something wrong with it it is just that if you leave emotion without any control, it will gravitate to the darkest place on earth. When a person becomes identified by how they feel, they believe their emotions are the truth. They say this is right and this is wrong and I want it my way and that way is bad and blah blah. That person who gravitates to identifying with their feelings has given power to a very dark force. For as good as an emotion can be as bad as it can be. The whole Nazi Second World War program was built on emotion alone. So you can see how malicious emotion can turn both externally on others and internally on ourselves. We have seen here in Bondi people take their own life for very little reason. That reason of course is irrelevant when emotion is out of control. And so the vacuum of energy is not another person but emotions and therefore if you are to be an energy giver and have an abundance of energy to give you must, absolutely must, learn the mastery of your own emotions. This is not the elimination of emotion but the willingness to define emotion as emotion rather than call it reality. A person must have emotions. But when we act on emotions we are draining petrol out of the petrol tank just the same as we would if we stuck a screwdriver in the bottom of a petrol tank of a car. That is the aspect of inner wealth that I have built around the discard and the emotional shower but it also is important to consider when thinking about problems. Can you strip the emotion out of a problem? Let's say hypothetically, your business is not performing up to scratch, or your division in a business is not performing up to scratch. Can you strip out the cause and effect, or, do you start beating yourself up because you're just not doing a good job? When you start beating yourself up and saying I'm the problem and I'm at fault and I need to improve and I've got a problem and I've got this thing and I've got a reason and I've got a justification and I've got disappointment and I've got frustration and I've got this and I've got that you are operating in an energy draining fuel dumping state that will inevitably end up making things worse. But if you step away far enough which is what we call the helicopter principle, if you step away far enough and see the market the competitors, the economy, 
the product and its life cycle and if you step away far enough you can stripe away all this emotional tripe and deal with the issue. This is called leadership. Self-leadership or leadership of others it doesn't matter. Emotion cannot be involved in leadership. Customers have emotions, employees have emotions, children have emotions, customers and buyers and deliveries all have emotion and so we have to know how to deal with other people's emotions but we can't mix our own bullshit up with their bullshit. Otherwise it is just one big pile of bullshit. Someone has to be able to step back and say okay I see what's going on. That is called disengaged, disconnected, detached, arm's length, inspired, grateful or whatever other word you would love to use as your mantra. But either way a person who cannot manage their emotion cannot manage their life, let alone manage a business, let alone manage the finances and certainly not their own family. There are many physiological red flags to demonstrate that a person is draining their energy, losing energy, wasting energy. The first is going to be physical discomfort, the next is going to be a level of agitation, which may or may not result in anger or a righteous emotional attachment, or it can be strict rules. Strict rules are greed. When a person is operating in the bipolar position at the bottom of the consciousness cone they will put in place very very strict rules to try to dominate other people to prevent themselves from having any emotion at all. So in other words a person who is draining energy will not control emotion but try to control others to prevent emotion. It's like coating the world with leather instead of wearing sandals. This is more common than you think. When a person's self-worth is low they will not value or store energy and so they become very deliberately committed to draining it. We drain our energy by overtraining for sport, we drain our energy by obsessing with spirituality, we overdrain our energy by obsession with sexuality and we overdrain our energy by eating more or drinking more. These are all signs of a person having low self-worth. A person who eats too much is trying to refuel themselves but in fact what they're doing is draining energy that they don't need out of their body and using it for digestion. A person who is drinking alcohol might be trying to replenish their reserves but what they're doing in fact is opening up the gateway for their emotions to drain out and with those emotions that are out of control, goes energy. A person who drinks too much always wakes up tired. Guilt is a purpose in life for some people. When a person does not have a reason to live greater than the past then the guilt becomes their purpose and this guilt is one of the great energy draining mechanisms we have available to us. So an energy giver with low self-worth can actually subscribe to many things that are given good brand names that actually suck the juice out of their body because they don't have the self-worth to store it. So with inner wealth we always begin with the process of building self-worth. Our inner wealth is a great measure of our outer wealth. 4. Direct that energy. Gratitude for what you can do with IT. The day you start holding back energy from people you start withdrawing energy from people is the day that you have lost your way as an energy giver. An energy giver has been gifted with an abundance of energy. Think about it. In every single cell of a human body there is enough energy to power up a power station that can run a city. So the only thing that would make an energy giving person conserve energy or withdraw energy would be a gross underestimation of their potential. Every human being has enough energy in the body to change the world. The question for that individual is always what price am I willing to pay to do it? A small person worries about small problems a big person worries about big ones. But either way a person can become conservative in their estimation of their influence. An energy giver is always trying to be an influencer. An energy giver wants to create change in growth and development and make the world a better place and the more they think about this the more energy they want to put into it. An energy taker will be talking about how they can get more have more and be more and that's the end of their story which is suck it all in like a big black hole. A key part of inner wealth coaching is the development of a vision inspiration process that targets a purpose greater than ourselves that we can never achieve, in order to maintain this huge viewpoint of our potential. 
We can change the world each and every one of us if we are working to change one thing at a time and we know that everything we affect has an affect on something else that affects and the cascading effect just like cumulative interest, is exponential in growth. Our podcast with Troy Jones, Change One Change Wall, is a beautiful title. What a great philosophy to have change one change all. You change one little thing and become grateful for one more little thing in your world you get more energy to give and the energy you give has a cascading and magnificent effect because that energy pays forward. Inner wealth by line of changing the world one heart at a time is also built on this exact same philosophy that an energy giver will want to make a difference in the planet, but they will be aware that they can only do what they can do right now which is to change something in their local perspective that will cause change in their global perspective. Linking local with global is really key to remaining an energy giver in the world. So we all create a vision inspiration purpose statement that we read every single day it's a reminder that the size of our vision determines the size of our life. But it's very very hard because many many people are either married to or working with people who are energy suckers who pull that vision down. So unless we work diligently and strongly to keep the focus on our vision inspiration purpose statement we will sink and that sinking has a benefit because it will eventually teach us that we are different, that energy suckers don't want to be different, energy suckers want us to stay small, energy suckers want to take the energy that we've been given and save themselves any form of self-growth, by keeping others around them small. This is really common in the workplace as well. The first place to start valuing the size of your vision and the opportunity to project that out into the world is in your own home with your own family. If there is someone in your home who is an energy sucker who complains all the time who is stuck identifying themselves with their emotional opinions, there is no greater gift you can give the world than being true to your energy giving abundance and not being compliant. If you hold your vision and your work and the work you do in the world at making change as your highest mantra soon other people around you will experience the fact that their energy sucking doesn't work and they will start to look within to find their own energy giver. Everybody has it but many choose not to use it. I recently watched the TV series Alone. It's on SBS On Demand and there are some very powerful people engaged in living alone out in the wilderness with a camera all by themselves and seeing who can survive the longest. They come along with many different philosophies about thriving rather than surviving, building a nest that is wonderful to come home to, blah blah. One by one they fail some by self-sabotage, cutting themselves with a knife or falling down, but most come to the emotional crisis of not wanting to be alone anymore. When that moment comes people blame family. They say if it weren't for my family I would stay here for a lot longer, but I miss my family and I need to be back with them and they need to be with me. This blame and guilt game is just a poor substitute for self-honesty to say I need to be back because of my family is a lie. To say I am absolutely dependent on my family for my energy is the truth. It's not right or wrong it's just delusional TV stuff. Sure, everybody would miss their family if they were put into the wilderness with a box of matches and a tent and especially in the environment that the TV show is cast where it rains all the time and food is scarce. But as people lose weight, as they become thin and lethargic, the life force is diminishing and they are absolutely thrown into the question of whether they want to be an energy sucker, I miss my family, or energy giver which is where they usually started the program when their body was full of petrol. Service performed with gratitude is an absolute connection to unconditional love. But that is a rule unto itself and achieves very little. You could reframe this and say service perform with gratitude and unconditional love builds energy. That energy can be stored and conserved and directed toward making a difference in the world which in turn produces more energy which in turn can be stored etc 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 we can become eternally young. We do not have to age. But when we perform service with less and less gratitude, when we start to get bored with giving and leading and working, or frustrated that we are not changing people, we can start to diminish this service performed with gratitude and connection to unconditional love and start to work for an end game which is to make enough money to retire or to make enough money to put a an extension on a house.
When this becomes the process we age. We age by necessity because we are becoming a less and less energy giver and a more and more energy sucker and nature destroys anything that doesn't fulfill its purpose. So we get a great choice, we can read all the books in the world, we can go to all the temples and all the sacred places on earth but if we do not perform service, work and family, with gratitude we are aging far faster than we need to and we will end up pushing up daisies for a very long time. If this blog confronts any aspect of your life then I am so thankful. If we do not challenge the way we think and feel we are not living. And if we don't challenge it nature will. Nature challenges us with the most expensive seminar on earth, a hospital bed. I hope you see the gift in this somewhat provocative dualistic approach to understanding the human condition and human nature but most importantly, your choices. End of this episode. With Spirit. Chris.